Hello and welcome to episode 110 of My Circus, My Monkeys. If you're listening to this, you've probably got a lot on your plate. And when I say a lot, I mostly mean a ridiculous amount that often stresses you out. I know you work hard. Every day, you keep going and going, often without breaks, a real lunch, or sometimes time to think. As you navigate each day, you stay busy. So you're absolutely doing things all day long. But my question to you is, amidst such busyness, might you be wasting your energy? If you're like most people, the answer to that question is yes. And that wasted energy is keeping you from truly being productive and it's keeping you stressed. Today, we're going to dive into the key ways most folks waste their energy on a daily basis. So stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. We attended a few conferences this spring, so hopefully we have some new listeners. I've definitely hit on what we're going to talk about today in past episodes, but I wanted to touch on them for everyone who might just be joining us. That being said, if you are new, there's absolutely great value in going back and listening to past episodes. And for those of you who've been following me for a while, this should be a great reminder for you. Let's start with energy. If we go deep into quantum physics, everything is energy. You, me, the device you're using to listen to this, the table that this device might be on, the car that you're driving, etc. Now, slightly less deep, energy is your greatest resource. Sure, we often talk about time as being our greatest resource. After all, if you only had more time, you could get everything done, right? But that's not true. Have you ever been swamped and suddenly noticed in your schedule a morning, an afternoon, or even a whole day that has nothing on it? How excited do you get? And you immediately black it out so it stays open and think to yourself, yes, finally, time to catch up on all this stuff. I'm going to get so much done. Do you? Did you? For most of us, the answer is absolutely not. And why is that? I mean, now you have some time. So where's all that awesome productivity? Well, you couldn't be productive because you had no energy. You were so exhausted from all the running and pushing through and fire putting outing. And you've probably experienced this in smaller ways too. 
The day after you had a great night's sleep and your morning went smoothly, you came in and you got so much done. Conversely, you had a terrible night and your morning was chaotic and stressful. How much did you get done then? And in both of those situations, think about the quality of the work that you did. I'm guessing when you were well-rested and energetic, what you produced was of high quality. Worn out you? Not so much. And that's why this episode is titled, How Much Energy Will You Waste, Not How Much Time? All right, so let's dive in. First, I want to talk about your strengths. The name of our business is Strengths University. My partner Alicia and I are both Gallup certified strengths coaches. So naturally, this is where I want to start talking to you about your strengths. But let's take a step back for a second. Your strengths stem from your talents. And as Alicia says, your talents can be your biggest superpower, but they can also be your kryptonite. What? Yes, your talents, the things that you do best and come so easily to you, can absolutely help you be more productive, but it depends on how you're using them. If your talents are supported by the appropriate knowledge, skills, and habits, they can absolutely show up as strengths and help you hit it out of the park. If how you use your talents is aligned with your values and goals, then they can propel you to exactly where you want to go in the most effective and efficient way possible. In other words, using minimal energy. But, and this is a big but, when your talents lack the right knowledge, skills, and habits, or if they're not aligned with your values and goals, then they're going to absolutely show up doing what they do, but they're actually going to show up as weaknesses. Your greatest talents might very well be getting in your way. And when that happens, you're going to be working harder and longer on things that at the end of the day might not even bring you closer to your goal. And again, you'll still be doing a lot of things. You'll still be busy and feel exhausted, but you've wasted all that energy. And that's a bummer. Okay, maybe bummer isn't the right word. On some level, it's tragic. You need to get things done. But if you don't know how your talents are showing up for you on a daily basis, you might very well be the one stressing yourself out with little to actually show for it. All the things that really needed to get done to accomplish your goals don't get done. So you're not really any further along despite everything that you did. You're just exhausted, frustrated, and stressed. Now, I go into depth about this in other episodes, and I'm sure I'll do so in future ones as well. But today, I just want you to start paying attention to how your talents are showing up for you. We tell folks, just take two minutes at the end of each day and assess how your talents helped you and how they maybe got in your way that day. And this is an important first step in better aligning your talents with your goals. And that's going to improve your productivity, aka keep you from wasting your energy. All right, the next thing I want to talk about, your stories. I talk about stories a lot because they have such a huge impact on how we show up in the world. But first, 
I want to clarify what I mean by stories. We all have beliefs about the world and how we, quote unquote, should show up in it. Some of those beliefs serve us, others do not. You've probably heard of the term limiting beliefs. Those are stories we have about the world that actually get in the way of us achieving our goals or even creating goals that would be in our best interest. The problem with any belief, limiting or not, is that we feel like they are based in some objective truth. We feel like what we believe is true, especially when we compare it to other people and what they believe. I'm sure you've heard phrases like, I believe with all my heart. In other words, it feels true to you based on your life experiences. And if you look at the internet, politics, or even the recent arguments about vaccines, COVID, etc., you can see how this plays out on a daily basis. And we assume that the people who disagree with us are only doing that because they haven't had access to the information we have. And if they did, they'd obviously realize the error of their ways and agree with us. But we all have very limited life experiences. None of us have all the information about a topic, including ourselves. In fact, humankind doesn't always have all the information about all the things. Even if you've thoroughly researched a topic, there's always the possibility that future research might very well add information that changes those beliefs. I like to talk about beliefs as stories because as much as we feel like they're rooted in some objective truth, the vast majority simply aren't. This shows up very dramatically in the public arena, but the same concept impacts all of us on a daily basis. When your beliefs are not aligned with your goals, they are going to get in your way. So here's an example. Say your goal, your dream, is to be the dean of students or VP of student affairs, but you also believe you're not great at confrontation. How is that going to impact your ability to achieve that goal? Well, you might just dismiss your goal as unobtainable and give up before you even start. Or you might work to rise in the ranks, but as you do, you spend a lot of energy avoiding conflict. That might mean you only make decisions that you think will be popular. Or it might mean you don't address issues with your team members. Now, don't get me wrong, you may still very well end up as dean or VP, but will you be effective in that role? Will you create an environment where people thrive? Or will you be constantly stressed out, jumping through hoops to avoid certain situations, or worrying that someone is going to figure out that you don't really deserve that position? That's just one example of how your beliefs, or rather stories, can get in your way. But What if instead of continuing to believe that you're not good at confrontation, you challenge it? What if instead of living up to the low expectations that were set for you around this area, you tell yourself, hey, wait a minute. As a child, I was always told to keep my opinions to myself, and I wasn't allowed to question my parents or any other authority members. So I just never learned how to effectively navigate conflict or confront folks. But I'm a functioning adult now, and I can learn how, 
and then practice until I'm skilled at doing so. Challenging that belief suddenly opens up new avenues for you to be successful and achieve your goal. You need to assess the stories you have about yourself, your abilities, and how the world works. What you were told and the limited information you got to support it is not the whole story. So how do you know when there's a story at play that might be getting in your way? Well, they often include terms like should, must, I have no choice, or I have to. In other words, these are stories that are limiting your options in some way in a situation. Challenge whether those are true and you'll free up the energy you're using to keep yourself small or that you're using on activities or ways of thinking that keep you stuck. All right, next let's talk about your systems. When I say systems, what I'm talking about is really your habits or clusters of related habits for you as an individual or your policies and procedures if you're talking about your team or organization. You and your team operate on autopilot the vast majority of the time. And by that, I mean like 95% of the time. In a nutshell, and I'm going nutshell here because I've gone into detail in other episodes, your brain wants to conserve energy, so it takes the important things that you do, and again, remember what we talked about a minute ago about your beliefs. Your brain just thinks what you believe is important, even if those beliefs aren't true. But whatever beliefs you have, it creates habits to make sure you're doing all the necessary things to support those beliefs on a daily basis. If you brush your teeth every day, it's just because someone told you that you should, you believed that story, and after doing it many times in a row, even if it was under protest as a child, your brain created a shortcut to make sure you did it, but doing it with the least amount of energy possible. Now, brushing your teeth is a pretty classic habit example, but you have a bleeping ton of habits that play out on autopilot every day. You have habits around how your talents show up. You have habits around how you think about situations. You have habits around how you get to work. You have habits around how you show up in a meeting. And a system is simply an interconnecting network of things that work together. So think of it this way. Brushing your teeth might be a solo habit or part of your system for oral hygiene that could also include flossing and going to the dentist. But all of this applies to how you show up at work. When your habits and or systems are aligned with your goals, it means that when you're on autopilot, you're effectively moving towards those goals. A perfect example is when your talents show up as strengths. Even more specifically, I have input, which basically means I love to collect information that I think might be useful. When I'm working on something, my autopilot setting is to Google information about that project or that topic to help me create a better end product. Now, when my input is acting as a strength, I will research just enough to get me moving forward and then start implementing what I've learned. And that's opposed to when it's showing up as a weakness and I spend the next two days or two weeks researching and possibly holding myself or others up from completing the project. When your habits are aligned, it means that you're using the least amount of energy possible to accomplish the most that you can, aka being productive. The same idea applies to the people you work with. 
whether they be coworkers or members of your team. When their habits are aligned with what they need to accomplish, they get there automatically with minimal effort. This is true on an individual level, but it also applies to the policies and procedures you have for your department or the organization. I'm sure you've encountered procedures that actually work against your goals. Or maybe they're aligned with one goal, but unintentionally work against another. These days, everyone is concerned slash obsessed with retention, right? From my experience, most institutions also have policies, whether formal or informal, around putting students first. I mean, if we want students to stay at our institution, let's do everything humanly possible to support them and keep them there, right? That makes total sense. Oh, wait, until you see all the exhausted faculty and staff from doing all that student firsting. These folks then burn out or quit. Now the support mechanism has a giant hole that actually reduces retention rates. Oops. I can guarantee that you and your team are wasting quite a bit of energy on a daily basis somewhere in these three areas. And that's why it's so important to assess A, how your talents are showing up for you, B, what stories you have and whether or not they're serving you, and C, what your habits and systems are and whether they're helping you get where you want to go. Now, does assessing these things take time and energy? You betcha. But it's energy well spent. When you can align all of these things with where you actually need and want to go, you will accomplish more on a daily basis. And that means that huge pile of work on your desk suddenly becomes manageable. And just to clarify, that doesn't mean it becomes manageable because you got it all done. It means that you start to question what actually needs to get done. And what are you and your team actually able to do with the resources you have? It means not wasting energy on things that seemed important because of stories that you have that aren't serving you. It means changing policies and habits to ones that make sense given where you are now in your life and where you want to go. We have shifted to summer mode at Strengths University. The Summer Institute is in full swing. So now we're focusing on helping teams get the training and motivation they need for the upcoming academic year. If you're looking for ways to upgrade your team and your training, we can help. We can guide you in integrating more Clifton Strengths into your training, or we can do that training for you. We're already scheduling live and virtual workshops for folks in June, July, and August. So contact us ASAP at anne, at strengthsuniversity.org to make sure you get on our calendar. And until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.